Hello and welcome to this Baggies Broadcast bonus episode we've got for you this week. It won't be every week you get a double pod, so don't get too used to it. But we have got a double episode this week as we firstly bring you all the reaction to the Clash of the Legends match on Saturday at the Hawthorns. A 4-4 draw in front of, I'd say, about 10 or so thousand at the Hawthorns in aid of the Legends, Chris Brunt and James Morrison. And I think we can all agree it was a fantastic occasion, fitting of two um, heroes of this football club. So we split the episodes up. Me and Lewis Cox are going to be back um, in midweek with a, a full preview of, of Saturday's game and looking ahead to the, the coming games. But as we've got so much that's going on, we've got a, a bonus episode for you today. So first of all, we're going to bring you all the reaction um, from the Hawthorns on Saturday. We had the chance to catch up with a few of the few of the legends after the game. We talked to Stephen Reid, Jonas Olsen, Pete Rodder, Wingy, uh, Ben Foster, who had uh, a lot of fun with his GoPro uh, marauding around the Hawthorns pitch. You also get to, got to speak to the two managers, Tony Mowbray and Roberto Di Matteo. And I think we can all agree again, it was great to see them back at the Hawthorns. So we'll be chatting to them. And then in the second half of the podcast, we'll be talking to two Albion fans um, as we mull over the season so far and bring you a, a little mini 10-game review of the campaign. But first up... All eyes were on the Hawthorns on Saturday. It was a great occasion. Hopefully has raised um, so much money for the for the Albion Foundation. Uh, it was a 4-4 draw. Loads of goals, fun, laughter and a late equaliser from Zach Brunt, which was fantastic to see him come off the bench and play alongside his dad. And after the game, we caught up with Brunty. Yeah, no, it was brilliant. It was great to see all the lads. Obviously, all the people that turned up. Um, delighted for everybody, the foundation, all the work they've put in over the last few months to try and make it happen today. It couldn't have went better, I don't think. You know, the, the game was decent as well. You know, it was it was a bit of a laugh. It was a bit of competitive uh, nature in there. Obviously, from a personal point of view, to get my my little lad on there as well was was brilliant. It was a dream come true. So, like, uh, thankful to everybody at the football club, the foundation, and everybody that came today. It was it, it was brilliant. I know, oh, yeah. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they might, I think they might have let that second one in for him. To be <laughs> fair, but um, I know, look, he, he loves his football, and he obviously he, he was probably a bit younger to, to see me at my best at the Hawthorne. So it's it's nice to be able to share the pitch with him and, and all the lads that we played with over the year. Look, we've come from far and wide today to to turn up and, and give up their weekends to come and play in a game, and I'm forever grateful for them and, and obviously Mazza as well. It's it, it's been great to share that whole day with him. Like no, yeah, it was brilliant. I think I think a couple of weeks ago we were it was looking, we were thinking that maybe there's nobody going to come on the day, but you know they turned out in the numbers and you know hopefully we gave them a, a day to remember and. You know, there's loads of fans still hanging about it there. I know if you can't sign everything for everybody, it's 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 so tough. Like, but you know, like, as I say, really really grateful for everybody that turned up today, and you know, hopefully the foundation will benefit in a big way from from the, from the game. I don't think I'll be able to move for three four days, Rob. To be totally honest, so now like I've got loads of family that come over for today. It's a special day for everybody involved, and you know, we'll have a have a few beers, have a bit of a laugh in the dressing room with everybody here now, and head over see all the families, and you know, whatever happens tonight happens tonight, but you know. I don't think I'll be seeing anywhere past eleven o'clock. My legs at the minute, like so, I'm getting too old. But no, nah, it was it was brilliant, and you know, delighted we were able to do it. And glad the game's over and done with now. To be totally honest, <laughs> that was Chris Brunt there, and I wonder just how many did make it for a night out after the game. I'm sure there were some sore legs on Sunday morning. Um, brilliant stuff. We also chatted with James Morrison, the other legend on show, um, who sort of described how he how the day went down for him, how he felt, and how. Uh, Sort of overwhelming it was really to 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 see our so many Albion fans there and, and former players. Uh, but he also explained just how far some of the players had come on on Saturday. And also in this Albion fans, listen out to a few interruptions from a few for a few former Baggies players during this interview. Um, what would I say about that? I think it was uh, a great an event. 
Um, I was a bit appreh apprehensive what it would be like, but um, you know, I think it, expectations beyond uh, great day. And it was just really good to see the uh, the lads again, and I think we just laughed and joked, and um, you know, the football was um, good at times. Um, so on a whole, what, what a day and um, a great great occasion for the club. I think uh, me and Brunty were a bit panicking, but um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say. Thank you for all coming and showing support, uh, not just for me and Chris, but the foundation who do great work in the, the community. I mean, I think if you just have to look into what they do, you know, it's pretty impressive. And um, all the staff who helped me and Chris get this um, get this day on, you know, they've uh, been overwhelming, really. For each, a fair result in the end? Oh, I can't believe that. I think... Four four was a fair result in the end. You know, uh, if if Cal Mack passed to me and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, no, but again, just playing with all the lads again, it was a, a great occasion, and um, you know, might be a start of something. Yeah, we could do this again, charity, and you know, um, you know, we've got numbers now. You know, see the turnout, so we definitely could be on the start of something again, and. Um, you know, Doran's what for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been together a long time and, um, you know, what a way to finish off, really. And, um, but, and you know, just just a, a great occasion and uh, just sharing the pitch again. And, and, um, I think it'll live long in our memories and um, with the fans who turned up today as well. Some of the stuff that the lads had to do for travel arrangements to get here it's um, you know remarkable you know, Martin Albrechtson had two flights this morning um, you know pop off coming from Macedonia um, you know people from Jonas coming over honestly it was a great effort by everyone but um, we all got the rewards through you know friendship and laughter and, um, uh, and again really pleased for James Morrison there and fair play to some of those baggies players making it to the Hawthorns but I'm sure there were some some pretty hungover flights on Sunday morning, you imagine. Um, and as Mozer alludes to there, possibly a regular fixture in the, the Albion calendar. We'll see. I'm sure there's a few other former Baggies greats we'd like to see grace the Hawthorns turf one more time. Um, we also got a chance to, to chat with Stephen Reid, who stopped for a little bit of a chat in the tunnel after the game. And the uh, the former fullback and midfielder returned to the Hawthorns with a plomb with that unbelievable goal. Here's what he had to say after the game. I wasn't sure if I still had that type of strike in the locker. I'd there was one that teed up nicely a few minutes before that that I didn't quite fancy, but yeah, my eyes lit up with that one and, and luckily it ended up in the top corner with, and even better still, Fozzie recording it from inside the goal. So no, it just topped off a great day, but obviously more importantly, just to catch up with the lads and celebrate Brunty and Mozza. Fantastic, um, fantastic years that they spent at the club you know you look at him and watch him in, in today's game and you still think that he could have gone on for another couple of years but that's off to him and that's what you like to see footballers branching out doing different things different career for him at the minute and and he's obviously flying in doing that as well yeah I've, I've not actually had a proper run in getting on for a couple of years now it's mainly been bike gym walking the dog but I think somehow getting here seeing the pitch seeing the lads you kind of forget all that a couple of anti-inflammatories before the game as well but it was um no good occasion good good game obviously still lads with some quality um and just 
well-organized event hopefully loads of money raised as well so I'm doing um, doing some individual coaching with players and coaches just on the well-being and confidence side of the game and it's an issue that I struggled with quite a bit during my playing and coaching career and now I'm kind of mentoring others and trying to help them out and and carrying on my counseling qualifications with the PFA but just a few different little bits and pieces at the minute really and 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 enjoying enjoying sort of being a dad again and being around the kids and around the family and doing stuff that when you're in football that you can't really do because you're you're tied to it great to see Stephen Reid back at the Hawthorns um and if you didn't realize he was talking about Ben Foster earlier in that clip saving one-handed on a number of occasions with a GoPro in the other hand um, I, for one, are looking forward to seeing the footage on the Cycling GK soon. And great to, to hear from Stephen Reid about the great work he's doing um, in football with uh, with fellow footballers and, and managers at the moment. Um, elsewhere down in the tunnel, Lewis got to chat with Jonas Olsen. Now, the big Swede came off early in the game, really, which was disappointing. I think he had some sort of hamstring injury um, from what we heard on the on the tannoy in the middle of the game. Um, but Lewis chatted with, with, with Jonas and he was delighted to be part, just to be part of the day. And he paid tribute to two men who were, were at the club when he arrived and we're also at the club when he left. It's very, very special and like you say, great show up from, from the fans and, and the players and the, and the managers. Uh, you know, I thought everyone, uh, uh, felt like everyone wanted to, to celebrate Gruntis and, and, uh, and Moza's uh, careers. Uh, yeah, great occasion. Just talk to us about them too for a second. You know them so well, played with them for so long. What? What servants to this club, like yourself as well? Yeah, I mean, you know, they were here when I came and uh, they were here when I left <laughs> nine years later. So, obviously, uh, you know, two of the, you know, the modern eras and uh, greats of this of this football club. And uh, obviously, Mosa and Bronte involved with the club still. So, so um, you know, and, and then when you play with them nine years, of course, they become more than teammates. They're, they're good friends. And, uh, yeah, really happy to, to be able to, to, to share this occasion with them yeah. and to play a small part in this. We know how life goes. It's hard to stay in touch and see people, isn't it? So you must have yes. loved today catching up. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been over here since uh, it was five years ago. Uh, almost four, four and a half, five yeah. years ago. And, and obviously with the pandemic as well. So I haven't seen, uh, seen uh, Bronte or Mosa since. And uh, a lot of other old teammates. It was, uh, it was really good to, uh, to, uh, to share, share this experience with us. Great to see the big Swede back at the Hawthorns. And I have to say, he didn't look any different from the day that he left the football club. And the same goes for a few of those players on Saturday. Likes of Graham Dorans, a football pitcher Shearer. I could spot him straight away from where I was sitting. Um, I can't say the same for a few others. I had to double take it a few when I was... When I was looking out there, where they were warming up, uh, but it has been a while since a few of them have played for Albion. Uh, one that was easily recognisable was Peter Odden Wingy, um, another fans' favourite who returned on Saturday. Um, and amongst the joy of, of, of playing back at the Hawthorns and playing alongside his, his former teammates and, uh, and with two legends in Brunty and Mozza, um, he revealed how he got to tick off another box that he didn't get to do as a player at the club. Here's what he had to say. The main idea was to just interact with the fans. You know, their memories are precious as much as to them as much as to us. Seeing my shirt, like the people bringing the, from the first season especially. 
So those things uh, made my day and I could finally put the green and yellow. I always wanted to, but in my time I didn't have it. Because my first professional club, this is our colors. And I thought yeah, there was a destiny for me to play to with West Brom, but I never wore that. And the number 20 Today it happened, yeah, and they gave the number. So yeah, great day, obviously. Um, we talked between ourselves with players to serve a club for 10 years. You know, it's an effort. It's a great effort. So respect to Chris and uh, Moza. Uh, everyone enjoyed himself because I could tell Brunt was next to me in the changing room and he was like a bit, you know, thank you guys. I said, everybody's enjoying it. I'm telling you, I see a hair. They loved coming, you know, his memories follow us. So, uh, well done to the foundation for putting this game on for us, for fans as well. Because uh, even seeing a young kid like maybe 12, 13 coming to me, you're my legend, like, you know, it means a lot as a sportsman. So, whatever we can encourage them, you know, set uh, examples of good behavior as well. <laughs> Peter Wingy there, and it was lovely to hear him talk so fondly about playing in the green and yellow for the first time. He also went on to talk about um, what he's up to now. I know he's sort of training to be a PGA golf professional, so just keep an eye out on the Express and Star for a few more of those pieces and a few more from some of these um, faces and voices over, over the coming days. Also, apologies for two very loud noises in that video clip. You can probably guess it was the loudest player on the field. He only played for about five minutes. Andy Johnson was um, bundling his way down the tunnel. Um, when he, I don't really know what their noises were, but um, apologies for that. Um, now let's hear from the managers. Two of the, they're probably two of the, the best remembered managers from the from the modern era at the, the Hawthorns. Um, even though they sort of didn't manage an awful lot in the Premier League, Tony Mowbray enjoyed a, a title um, promotion to the Premier League. They were relegated the season after, but Roberto Di Matteo um, succeeded um, Tony Mowbray as manager of of Albion, and he returned to manage one of the teams on Saturday. Uh, Di Matteo, just looking at his statistics, 40 wins in 83 games in charge of Albion um, over a sort of season and a half that he was at the club. He's got a very good win win percentage. Um, he returned to the touchline. He was delighted to be asked to return. Um, but as he'll explain, he's not really looking for a permanent return to the to the touchline. Uh, it, was, uh, it was really nice to uh, see many funny faces catch up with people that uh, I haven't seen for a long time. And also, you come, you know, I, I came back to a, a stadium, a club where I have very fond memories of. And uh, looking back, you know, you realize, with hindsight, you realize that uh, it, it was great. You know, I had a really great time here. That the group of players that I had were really a really good group of players. And uh, so I was very excited to come back. I was uh, glad when uh, Bronte called me. And um, I um, straight away uh, agreed to, uh, to come and be part of this day, and also as it's uh, for a good cause. So I think uh, it's just a perfect day. You know, we had, uh, we sort of said farewell to uh, Bronte and Moza, uh, and they deserve that. And uh, I hope they have raised as much as possible for people that are in need. Well, we obviously, um, I, I played against them uh, a few times, but yes, of course, uh, the, many of them I haven't seen for a long time, yes. Yeah, 4-4, uh, I think it was, I think the players enjoyed themselves, that, that was important. Uh, you know, it goes, I mean, that's entertaining, so you could see that the legs were a little bit going towards the end <laughs> of the game, but uh, we tried to keep it as fresh as possible with uh, the subs. One of those, uh, Memories that he would yeah. never forget, you know, Zach's son and, and maybe Chris probably as well, you know, as his dad to have 10-15 uh, minutes uh, on the pitch at the whole course.
Uh, it was a nice gesture and uh, nearly, well, I did score at the end actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do lots of things. I do bits and pieces in football uh, and, uh, and I do some stuff outside football. and. Uh, so I have a very good uh, balance between work and leisure time, and uh, I'm very happy. I'm glad to be in this position. Uh, I know I'm fortunate, and uh, I try to, to make the best out of it. In the opposite dugout on Saturday was Tony Mowbray, as he took time out of his busy schedule after just taking charge of Sunderland to be part of the special day for his two former players. And Mowbray admitted he was delighted to return and and hear the, the fans and reminisce about the old times, especially that title-winning campaign. And he gave a really good insight into his early years at Albion and coming to the club and how he went about building a successful side. And he also revealed that one of the Clash of the Legends lineups heading up to Sunderland to watch Mowbray coach uh, at the Sunderland training ground as part of his coaching badges. Here's what he had to uh, to say to us after. I have had an amazing time here, to be honest. It was, uh, you know, I started in Scotland at Hibernian and... Um, yeah, this was my first sort of effort at management in this, you know, in the bigger league, let's say, really. And I think um, I inherited, I inherited some um, experienced footballers, but one or two difficult footballers. It was a real challenge for me, really, because in Burnley, my first job was full of kids. You know, Scott Brown was 17. You know, Thompson and people like that were young boys, and I came here and. We had John Artson and Chris Perry and Ronnie Walwork and these type of players and uh, it was good for me because it tested me really. Some of them tested me with their questioning of why do we do this, what are we doing that for, what's going on. Um, yeah, and, and it was a great learning curve for me. I mean, that first year, um, we, we, we got beat by Derby in the playoff final, didn't we? And uh, and we, did we get the semi-final of the FA Cup at Wembley against Harry Redknapp's uh, Portsmouth, but um, made some changes in the summer. Some contracts ran out. We moved some people on, and um, we brought in the likes of Brunton Morrison and, and Sharer and, and people like that. And um, yeah, we had a great season. We won the league it, um, and went to the Premier League. It was yeah, a special time. It's, you know, I, I, my only thoughts of this stadium is it bouncing. Really. It's full all the time, and. Um, so I had happy days here. I mean, the, the Premier League year was difficult, but it, I'd have to say it's probably been difficult for the club for, for a good while. It wasn't as if oh, we just had a disastrous season. We had a, I think we had some great days, you know, beating Tottenham out here and, and um, some really good days. And played some good football along the way. And, you know, as I walk around after the game today, a lot of people still want to talk about the, the seasons that we were here. and. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to listen to the sports and they appreciate the football that I saw in the 2006, 7, 8 seasons and um, yeah, so it makes me feel proud and that we, we, we tried to give them a brand of football that they, this club was built on really because I grew up as a kid, it was all about Laurie Cunningham and, and Brendan Batson and, and, and all the, the great players really of this club and, um, and that's what I feel when I go to any football club, I, I try and analyse what the history is, what they're about, what the supporters are they a working class, are they a flair team, what do they want really and um, we try to give them attacking goal scoring football and um, they appreciate it I think. And what was amazing the day was to turn up in the lounge and see some some amazing familiar faces, you know, to share and these people are you know they they like um, 
I haven't seen these lads since the day I left the club, you know, and, but Zoltan Gira, what a gentleman, what a lovely human being to speak to, you know, you should be keeping in touch, I've given him my number, he's going to come to my, my current club and do some, uh, watch the coaching and see how we do it, because he's doing his badges and um, I think it's nice to be able to have contacts, well, especially when you have a successful team. The, the bonds stay for a long, long time, if not for a lifetime, with footballers. And, and um, it's nice to meet them all again today, to see them all, you know, Ellie and Craig Beatty, and, you know, the, the, all these lads that we signed, really. Um, it, was, yeah, it was a wonderful day. I think I could probably listen to Tony Mowbray talk about those, the good old days at Albion um, for hours on end. Great to hear from him on Saturday. I'm sure he's going to do a terrific job up at Sunderland. Uh, in the sticks, the cycling GK, Ben Foster, came back to the Hawthorns on Saturday. Just uh, just a, a few weeks or a month or so after it was reported, he'd sort of trained with the club the club briefly. Um, he arrived fresh from retirement, GoPro in hand, and we caught up with him after as he paid tribute to the two legends. And he gave a bit of an insight into his plans now after announcing his retirement from the game. I think if you look at the stats, I've just let him four goals. So, <laughs> like, any other time, normally I'd be like, oh, my God. We're playing with one hand, though. Yeah, to be fair, I was playing with one hand, actually. Do you know what the thing is? They, I was holding it in my left hand, and they kept kicking it to my right as well. So I'm thinking, why, why, don't, you know what I mean? why don't you just kick it to my left while I'm holding the GoPro? You'll definitely score. Um, but, no, it was a good laugh, to be fair. It was, it was a good laugh. Um, you know, every, it was funny to see uh, some of the, the lads that have been retired for sort of four or five years sort of slowly sort of, like, die a death. And it was, I loved it, I loved it. It was really good. A few Rolls Royces out there. Paul Robinson, left back, yeah. old gear, a lot of million dollars, I'd say Dozer. Um, even Mozart, Mozart was around, like everything, like Brunty, looked a million. Um, there's a few lads you can tell still got it. Like, you know, even though they're kind of aging and they haven't played for a while or whatever, like, class is permanent, do you know what I mean? They, they'll never lose that, really, really lose yeah. uh, Everyone's still, everyone, yeah, you can't help it, like, everyone's still got that little bit of. <laughs> Everyone, like, everyone's still got that in them. They can't help but try and stop people going past them no. or stop, oh, the stop the balls going in. He absolutely loves it. He loves it. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking it. about Turmeric Co, aren't we? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Big team marketing sponsors for, for the game. <laughs> yeah, like Turmeric Co, yeah. I mean, I saw the Fuzz cars on there, mate. Absolutely crushing it, bro. Yeah, I'm really enjoying life, yeah. Like I said, I had some serious interest from Lucas a few weeks ago, and I think if you can turn that down and then. From that point on, there's no real kind of turning back. I think I think that kind of really solidified it in my head, where I knew that it is what it is. And to see that strike on the fuzzcast. <laughs> oh mate, don't you worry. Cycling GK is alright, and it looks a million. I've already seen it. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, like you say, I, I think the thing for me was waking up the next day, and if I woke up the next day and I felt at ease with it and it was what it was then cool sweets now and I did exactly that so um, no it's um, definitely not feet up I'll tell you that because I'm busy as you like I'm doing all sorts of bits of but I love that anyway so it's not even just the podcast so we do the, the podcast podcast we do the football filling which is um, like basically a show a football show every Monday that goes out uh, a review of the weekend's action whether it's Premier League or if it's international break we talk about the England, England set up um, and then we've, we've all, we also do a lot of the media stuff as well so we, all, we work with loads of different like creators and, and sort of work on how we can make their content not even better but just a bit different kind of thing um, but I love it I'm into that world now it's kind of like yeah, it's yeah, not mainstream it's the, op- it's the opposite end of mainstream if that makes sense yeah. niche mainstream yeah. exactly yeah well it's, I wouldn't even say it's niche mate YouTube is not a niche thing anymore like, YouTube's the way forward like you ask any of the kids they'll tell you that's all they watch is YouTube nowadays Ben Foster there, um, he was marauding around that Hawthorns pitch on Saturday with his GoPro in hand and impressively did save a number of, of goals. Great to hear from him, um, obviously just 
post-retirement. Apologies there. We had a few um, guest appearances there. I think the first one was Roman Bedner, giving uh, Foster a little bit of abuse. Stephen Reid um, wanted to see that. He's looking forward to seeing that strike again on the, the cycling GK. And Hal robson Carnu as well, plugging the... Well, Ben Foster plugging the turmeric company for him. Um, and finally, we got to chat with, with Paul Robertson. Must have been one of the last out of the dressing room. Um, was Robbo on Saturday. Always great to chat to him. We've had him on the Baggies broadcast before. Um, and he was delighted to, to return and play alongside the players that they had... They shared so many successful memories with. Here's, here's, um, here's what Paul had to say when we caught up with him. What a great day. Um, two legends of the game. They've been great servants to the football club. And when I got the phone call to, to come and play in the team, it was, uh, it was a no-brainer. So, yeah, I wanted to be here for them too because they deserve it. And uh, oh, it's just a fantastic day. Like The fans as well, what a, what a great turnout from. So, yeah, they're absolutely buzzing with the day. Oh, 100%. It's been a long time. We've not seen each other for for so long. And then to, to sort of be again, it's mainly the team, wasn't it, that got promoted. Yeah. So it was uh, it was just great being out there on the field with them again, um, sharing great memories of what we uh, what we did back in the day. And obviously, Tony is the manager as well. It's just It just brings back great memories. So, so yeah, it was... Uh, I think to see all the all the guys again and to see how how well they're all looking, it was just uh, I think it was just a fantastic day all in all. Yeah, um, it's a testament to them too because they've they've carried on, um, they've led by example every 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 year and every week they've they've been called upon uh, and they've played with great players. I, I know that uh, uh, quite a few couldn't make it today who yeah. they'd asked as well, yeah. and um, they were great names as well. So no, they're both internationals. They they could pull. They can get as many people here as they wanted, but it, like you say, I think the, the amount of players that turned out from just shows how well respected they are as not just footballers, but as, as human beings. Lovely words there from Paul Robinson and from all the players. And thanks to BBC WM's Rob Gurney and the Birmingham Mail's Joe Chapman, as well as, as Lewis as well, for some of the audio you heard there. Uh, it was nice to hear from so many old faces and hear about their time at the Hawthorns. Right, on to the second part of this bonus episode. It was going to be the main episode this week, as you know from, from last week's Baggies broadcast. Lewis is uh, is away. I was joined by Louis Bent last week. Um, Lewis was away with a, a planned stint on jury duty, but he is back this week. Um, so we are going to record this and a normal pod as well. So you've got double episode extra content this week. So in the second part of this episode, we've heard from all the, the former faces. Now we're going to hear from the, the people in the terraces. Um... From well, first of all, from Ali Jones and from Clint McCormick of all Albion fans. Ali Jones a regular on the pod, and you hear him on the the WM airwaves sometimes. And Clint McCormick behind the the All Albion's Twitter account, who posts out them them brilliant videos as we get to sort of look back at the old the good old days at the Hawthorns. Um, and we're going to chat to them with a bit of a fans view on the season so far, a ten game review really. Um, on paper, it doesn't look great as we all know, uh, but I spoke to the pair on league positions, expectations, the club as a whole, and where they really think Albion can finish this season after the uh, the, the 10 games that we've seen so far. So here is what the, the, the pair had to say when I caught up with them uh, earlier today. Gentlemen, welcome to the Buggies broadcast um, for our 10-game review. We've got two fans, we've got Ali Jones and we've got Clint McCormick of all Albion fans here with us. Um, so what we're going to do, we're just going to go through a few questions, just looking at the, the season so far. We're 10 games in, good chunk of the season in. Um, so I'll start with you, Ali. I want you to imagine you're a school teacher at the moment. You've got your, you're marking someone's uh, someone's test. You mark basically you're marking Albion's test and Steve Bruce's test. So I want you to give them a score out of five. Five being the best, one being terrible, um, and tell us why on the performances of the ten games so far. Performances, I think, are probably a three. Um, for, for, to be honest, I think the, some of the performances, a bit of a stat on myself, but of, of the 20 halves, I think we've played probably well in 13, maybe 14 of them. And we just so happens that the six halves have been absolutely <laughs> so dire and individual mistakes have cost us a lot. Um, but 
but it's different. You can break it down. Performance is probably three and results one, really. I mean, it's bizarre. I think I've been saying to a few of my friends, Ishmael last year was we had a really good start, but it was like a chore going to the games. And I haven't felt that this year. It's been different. I've enjoyed going to the what I think we played some decent stuff at times. So I think it's I think three three on performance, one for results, probably the best way I can describe it. What about you, Clint? So you're sort of nodding your head there in agreement. <laughs> Yeah, similar. Yeah, so three, three for performance. And so we we played well in, in spells, but um, I'd say two for results. So that he could have he could have been even worse. Um, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you look at position, and we're twenty first, is it? And it looks diabolical. But then, as as you mentioned before, when you're five points off the playoffs, you think one. I think if we'd have say if we'd have beat Blues, we'd probably be twelfth in the top half. I think. And then if we'd have held on against Norwich, we'd have been in the playoffs. So it's it's fine margins, isn't it? We're um, we're performing well, so it's a worry. It's a results business, so there's only so long you can give it. But um, we're performing well, so which is I think it's why fan uh, one of the reasons why fans aren't on Bruce's back as much as um, as they might have been previously. Yeah, the next crucial. Sorry, sorry. I think the next six are absolutely crucial. If you look at the six we've got coming up, yeah, I think we need. I think he needs, more importantly, a minimum of three wins out of those six games. And I think we need to sort of more or less go undefeated. And if you look at those six games we've got coming up, it's achievable to do. There's nobody really that would scare you. I mean, there's not many in the division that scare me, to be honest. But hmm. if we can get, I think, 10 points out of the next six games, I think he's in real trouble. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned performances both there. Um, just going to come to, I'll come to you first, Clint, on this one. Standout player. Who's been your standout player so far this season? I know a few... Individuals have had a lot of flack from the Hawthorns crowd, but who's been the standout best player for you so far? Wallace by a mile. Um, I think I think he's got um, I think he's quality. The um, sometimes you think the the pass to him's too far, or what's he going to do here? And he always seems to make the right decision. Um, his passing's good. His crossing's good. Um, there was one I think it was last game or it might have been Blues where it looked like it was flying past him and he put his leg out and took it down and it was. Um, yeah, we were having a debate on the coach on the way back from Norwich, maybe, uh, or before that, uh, as to as to if we've got any Premier League players. And I honestly think he could play in the Premier League, but sadly, no one else at the moment. But I think Wallace is, yeah, brilliant so far. Yeah, Ali, we saw all those legends at the Hawthorns on, on Saturday. You know, it was a comment mentioned in the tunnel after that Wallace is probably one of the only players who who might get him one of those former sides, Di Matteo side or, or a Mowbray side. He's got a little bit of that about him, hasn't he? Yeah, he's a quality player. I mean, uh, I think he, he's developed massively from when he was around this patch for the other team before. I think he's a, I think he's a really good championship player. And I agree. I think he could go into the Premier League. I actually think Grady's done really well this year as well. He's not playing a new signing, having Grady in this season for me. Sometimes the ball, he flatters to deceive. I know that he frustrates because... I think, I think somebody used a good analogy. He gets you out the seat and then kicking the one in front of you and he doesn't put the ball in the in the right place. But I think he's got something and I think he's really fired this year for me. I think he's been excellent. And I tell you one, it's an unsung hero for me that I think has had a massive improvement this year as Malumbi. I think his energy and his tenacity all around the pitch has been really, really good this season. And he's he's carried a lot of workload for either Liverpool or Newcastle. Lou's obviously not quite up to speed yet, but I think Malumbi's done really well in the centre midfield He's a limited player, but you know you're going to get 100% from him every game. Yeah, yeah. Some good performances, as we said, despite the despite the league position. Now, I'm going to ask you two quick fire questions. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, from the 10 games so far, come to you first, Clint. 
biggest positive from the 10 games can be anything and the biggest negative that you've seen from Albion, whether it's the players, whether it's the manager, whether it's something, you know, all about the club, what 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 would they be for you? So what the biggest positive and the biggest negative so far? Um positives. Um we No, we we so we we're playing we we're not playing too badly. We're playing well and we are scoring goals despite what a lot of people are saying about missing DK. There's only four teams in the division who've scored more goals than us and we're a side that's in twenty first. So on the opposite side the negatives would be um, the defense the problems are yeah the defense has turned around from last season so obviously we played five at the back and the styles changed a bit um you know the defense was pretty solid last season we were drawing a lot of games nil nil which isn't good enough but we couldn't score it's it's now flipped around we you know we scored two goals last Wednesday which should be enough to win you a game and we got nothing out of it at home to blues because we conceded three at the other end Ali what about you sort of anything individually sort of pot the biggest positive biggest negative for me the biggest positive is the the crowd. I think the crowd's been at home, especially last year, was toxic for many, many, many reasons. And let's be honest, there have been a lot of toxicity this year with what's happened off the pitch. But I'm really proud of the West Brom fan base as a whole. But whatever the problems are, you can't ever dispute that they've got right behind the team this season in every game. I mean, even the Blues game when we were awful, they still stuck with the team really. And I think that's a testament to West Brom's crowd. They've really got behind and they know how important it is to get behind the team. Last year was, it, 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 as I say, I, I'm not in charge of it, it's all going towards it. But it, it sort of, it's a January, February time, it was horrible to go to watch the team and it'd never ever be like that to go watch a football team. And I'm actually enjoying it again, even though we have only won one game, it's mad. But I think that's the biggest positive. The biggest negative for me is the individual mistakes that have cost us so many points. And I don't think you can slaughter Bruce and the coaching staff. You can't legislate for the sorts of mistakes that we've made at some point in these games. And I just think we're not far away. I think the run might turn. Yeah, hopefully it does. I'm going to get you now, um, just to cast you, I want you to sort of travel back in time to the first game of the season. So we've had pre-season, we've seen Albion. Um, you know, we've made them summer signings. It's before I'm trying to cast me back to before Middlesbrough, before the trip to Middlesbrough. Um, so I'll come to you first, Ali. What was your expectation in terms of league position? Forget what's happened in the last ten games. When you sort of travel or before that game, where did you know? Where did you think Albion would realistically finish? Playoffs. I really yeah. thought they'd be. I thought, really thought they'd be playoffs and potentially pushing the top two. I think that's gone now. I don't. I, I know it's not. I know it's a very concentrated league, but I think the top two is probably unrealistic. Even though we're probably what is it nine or ten points behind the top two, I just think there's too many teams in between to take sixth now. To be honest, and, but I think I think we're capable. I really do. I, I, I'm, I'm quite positive that obviously it's a quite a threadbare squad. But if we still stay lucky with injuries, I still think playoffs are okay, a possibility. Yeah, and. What I'm going to ask you now is after them 10 games, sitting here now, where realistically do you think West Brom will finish this season? I think we'll finish between fourth and fourth and ninth. Fourth and ninth. Clint, same to you. Where, what, how high was your optimism before that Middlesbrough game? Um, I thought we'd finish uh, third or fourth. Uh, just miss, maybe just miss out on the. But depends how how well they gel. I guess we had DK then, even maybe automatic promotion potentially because the signings we've brought in, um, you've got to give credit to it um, in Wallace and Swift and I'm not sure anyone thought because Lou was coming back to the championship to play for us if we got promoted but 
Um, you got to give credit to the the signings that have been brought in, and yeah, third or fourth. Um, yeah, that's dropped down now for, for circumstances. Obviously, DK getting injured was massive for getting get back as soon as possible. But now, um, I still think we'll I still think we'll make the playoffs. I'm not massively confident, but um, you know the bookies have got us as fifth favourites, and there's a, there's a reason for that. We've won one in the first ten. Which is absolutely diabolical when you just, if you outside and don't, um, you know, just hear that stats. But then we know we're five points off the playoffs, and we know we, you know, we are scoring goals and we can play well, and we've got players to come, you know, um, made a signing that hasn't played yet, and DK to come back. Um, there's there's things there to be positive about if you want to be. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think the balance is an issue. I, I think I think we both probably agree the balance is an issue. I think. I think this, we got Norwich right um, the last game where we put a lower block. But the, the suicidal high line for me has caused so many problems for us, especially when Semi got injured. Yeah. Because we haven't got the recovery pace to be able to play that such a high line. And he actually got it right at Norwich. But the worry for me is it ain't going to work against Swansea at all. It's just not going to. They're going to play in front here and they're just going to keep the ball and not do a lot with it. So we've got to be cute enough and we've got to be savvy enough to see it changes. You've got to change and tweak the formations. Not necessarily the formation, but the style. Get higher up the pitch and be brave against Swansea. We've got to break them down and, and try to get the ball back higher up the pitch. Well, that's that is... the thing, isn't it? Um, we seem to be playing well against the higher sides in the division, but there's only a few of those higher sides. The majority of your games are ones where the emphasis will be on us to have the ball, attack, break the opposition down. Um, so, yeah, we need to do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ali, you're yeah. sort of so it's almost saying Steve Bruce's team talk for him there. My next question is: You're you're in Bruce's shoes. You've got a fully fit Albion squad this season. Um, you know what? Just quickly going through, who would if you had a fully fit squad there? What would your eleven be for for Albion? Say everyone's fit and ready for Swansea on Saturday in a hypothetical okay. world. So in a hypothetical world, can we have a lone player back? <laughs> no. <laughs> then I'm players play the who could Albion can play now. I play the two lady in goal. <laughs> I mean, he struggled, and he. I mean, the, the stats don't lie. I mean, I, I think it's going to be time for Palmer to start now for me. I mean, he's just you, know, you can't have a, a stat of a playoff like, chasing team where your goalkeeper's only saving one of every two shots. It's just incredible. So, I mean, for his own good, I think he, he's going to come out. You don't get 31 years old and play just 150, 150 160 games in league football. It's just, he's always been a number two and that's for a reason and that's not being horrible it's just what it is I've said it from day one I don't think he's good enough for a team player chasing the path so I'd have I'd play 4-2-3-1 I'd have um, Palmer in goal I'd play Taylor uh, as a right back because especially at home when we need to when we need to keep the ball uh, I'd have Peter's left back Townsend and O'Shea if the semi wasn't fit sorry if, if semi yeah, yeah, you've fit. got every, you've got everyone fit everyone you disposal sorry then I'll, okay, so if he's fit and available, I'd play Tyler right back, Semi and Dara and Peters, and then I'd have OK, Malumbi, Wallace, uh, Wallace, Swift or Rogic because we need to see Rogic. I'm, I'm not 100% sold on him because I don't know. Ian Garner and DK. DK, yeah. What about you, Clint? Um, yeah, I think the I think the same. I think on current form, Townsend wouldn't be in, so it's, it's got to be. We've only seen him for one game, but. He most with having him as man of the match, Peters. Um, I probably at right back think it's still have Furlong. Um, it depends. It depends on the opposition. But the opposition Swansea, isn't it? You said. So, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I'd probably have Furlong or Gardner Hickman. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I think I, think I agree. Yeah, um, when, I think Dean when, Garner's flattered to deceive at times. Um, he gets when he when he's performing, he's performing well, but he does give the ball away a lot. I think because he's a popular player, he gets away with it a little bit. But well, maybe he gives the ball away because he's trying something that other other players aren't brave enough to try. That's that's an that's yeah. what he tries things that other t- yeah. other players. That's got well, to be well, that's got to be that's got to be coming off more than it is though to have that. Yes, you see, mate. Let's be honest. I mean, everybody's different. Everybody has a different opinion, I suppose. For me, I think he's been uh, like a new signing. But I, I can understand what you're he saying. Has he has at right. times, but then yeah, other times. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Just on the back of that, you know, if Albion had a, a fully fit squad, fully fit strike force, which hopefully, you know, fingers crossed towards the World Cup they'll have in DK, where does Grant sit in that pecking order then? Is he down to third in that pecking order? On the bench. Yeah. But <laughs> if, you think me, you've yeah. Got, if you've got DK starting, you've got Thomas Asante there as well, and you've got Grant. Is Grant third in that list? In terms no, of I, I don't think Grant's a centre Sorry, Clint, but I don't think Grant's a centre forward for me. I think he's, yeah. I think he's yeah. great. He's more, he's more Grady for me. He'd be competing with Grady for me, yeah. Um, to be coming in off the left. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Interesting to see. Well, fingers crossed when you say that, you know, you look at it on paper, how we get everyone fully fit, then it looks like a, a good squad. I'm going to put you in two more scenarios now. I'm going to come to you first, Clint. Um, I'm going to put you in Gouch and Lyshoes. You're the owner of West Brom now for two minutes. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, one thing you change about, we know all the off-field just things at the moment and the off-field, um, the off-field issues, but if you were, if you were the owner at the moment, um, anything else aside, you know, what's the one change you'd make at West Brom at the moment? Can be anything. Yeah, you had that first. Wow. <laughs> well, obviously, I guess I'd, I'd pay up my life. I'd pay up what I owe to the club. <laughs> that's a good answer. So that's a, but that's a, you know, that's a crowd pleasing answer, and that's you know, one people want to hear. But um, obviously, that that would have helped. I think if. I think if we'd have been able to bring Clark back, I think that would have made a, a massive difference. Um, you know, having if you just think Clark and OJ, or even with the injury, Clark and O'Shea, and um, you know, there's others going down the, the pecking order. Um, we've made some fantastic sign. You know, we have made some fantastic signings, and I think credit has to be given all round um, to that. But if that money was there, then we could have done that a little bit more. If we've done this without it, then. We could have done a bit for me, more. For me, about Clark, I would never have entertained you personally because I think if we're going to play a four, he can't play in a four. For, for me personally, I just think Clark's a back three centre off. Uh, and if we're going to always go play a four, I think there's other players available. I think thinking about, I'm glad you had it first, but I think what I would what I would be doing to make a change is get a sporting director in as soon as we possibly can. We haven't got enough people around the club that know enough about football. And I think. I think that's a really important role that we need to fill. We've got the medical officer sorted now in Strudwick. I think I think that we need some more football savvy people in, in in the club, and I think a good sporting director would really help to bring that in. I think the recruitment needs looking at, and also, I think it sounds horrible to say, but it's in any business a succession plan. If if, if something does go wrong with the manager and the results don't happen. You've got we used to have it under Ashworth and Peace mm. back in the day, and that's what made us successful. We knew. Let's go back to Robbie Dimatteo. The reason why Dimatteo was sacked pretty early was because Roy Hodgson was available. Whereas in the last few years, we've got rid of Darren Moore and ended up with Jimmy Shan because we didn't have anybody else in, in, the, in the firing line to be able to take over. I think if it was me running the club over the next few weeks, I'd be looking at a succession plan as if we have to press the button and the results are, are, are good. We've got a plan of who we're looking at to approach to move forward with them and the club move forward moving on into this season. I think that's really yeah. important. 
it's interesting you mentioned the Ashworth stuff there. I was talking to someone a while ago about, you know, managers being sacked. It was I listened to it on a podcast actually. I can't remember who it was now. Um, it was a former Premier League player who was put off management because managers get sacked all the time. But you look at all their managers who came in under Ashworth. They all played the same style, didn't they? And it was when Albion veered away from that that you know things exactly. to, to go right. Exactly. It's a succession. Again, any business it has to have a succession plan. I mean, it's horrible to say, but. It, it, it happens in any business. You've got to make sure when you replace, you replace him with better or or the same, really. I mean, and I just think we've gone from one disaster to another. It's just like we, as you say, we haven't had the same style. Ishmael to them trying to play a position style based uh, AC team with Bruce. I just think that there doesn't need to be any forethought with regards to how we build the club moving forward. And that's where 10, 15 years ago, people used to look at us as, as the the blueprint of a small to medium-sized Premier League club out of Ruddy. I don't think anybody looks at it now in that way at all. Yeah, yeah. And I said a while back on the Baggies broadcast, people say uh, obsess about style and sometimes you don't need to when you've got good individual players, which I think Albion have on paper at the moment. But, you know, it does certainly help with the style. I'm going to put you in another scenario now. You're not in the boardroom. You're in the you're in the dugout. You're Steve Bruce for, for, for a minute. Ali... If you were Steve Bruce now, you know what's one thing you change at the moment at the club or the team or what? If you had what could make one change to Albion at the yeah. moment as a manager, what would you do? Um, be quicker to adapt to what you're watching in the game, what you're watching the game, tweak things. So, for instance, I'll keep mentioning this high line or a lead deep block, and knowing and watching the game and being able to change it during the process of the game to react more more quickly off the bench. I think we're not substitution by numbers like we were last year when it isn't really far off I don't think I personally the coaching staff react quickly enough to what they're seeing in front of them in a few of the games and I think it's cost us a few points personally Yeah Clint where are you going to change things? I've been thinking about this for the last minute or two I, I, <laughs> obviously things need to change but I just I don't know I don't know what you've only got you've only got certain certain players and certain things to work with haven't you? So. I don't know. Yeah. Would you change that? Uh, Ali mentioned before about changing the goalkeeper. Would you would you change the goalkeeper at the moment? Yeah, as I say, I'd have, I'd have kept the uh, the team that Ali said apart from probably right back. Um, yeah, I would have. I said that before Norwich. Um, he, did, he didn't do bad at Norwich, but um, I think it's I think it was time to I think it was time to change it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Frustrating. Yeah. The best keeper we've got on the books is not in the club. That's yeah. frustrating. Yeah. Obviously, we know Josh Griffiths is going to have a big future. He's been in England. I've, I've offered to turn him east too. Because they can come back. If, if you had an injury as a goalkeeper, they can come back. So I'm a big lad. I'm off the tread of his toe, but they won't have you. <laughs> um, you've just imagine you're Bruce there. Just I want to get your opinion on Bruce. I'll start with you, Clint. You know, obviously Steve Bruce come under. He's admitted that he's come under pressure, and you know he's he, he's openly admitted that in his last press conference, certainly in the home game at Birmingham, and obviously it is a little bit better against Norwich. What's your what's your opinion of of Bruce at the moment? Do you think he can he can he can turn it round? Uh, yeah, I do. Um, I think when he came to the club, right from the get-go, um, you know, obviously you want whoever comes in to do well. But for me, and I think for a lot, there was always that thing of waiting, almost waiting for it to go wrong. It's almost thinking it's going to go wrong at some point, but when's that going to be? Um, and you really want him. He does. He does come across. He does come across well. I've heard he's a likable bloke. I, I do like that he seems to be trying to take it on his shoulders and take things off the players. Um, you know, like saying with, with Grady, because Grady didn't play well against Blues and he admitted that he shouldn't have and, and trying to trying to take the blame himself, um, you know, which I know some of the, 
things he's said hasn't gone hasn't gone down well. But I think he's he's trying to do he's trying to get that away from the players and take the pressure off them. Um, but yeah, I do th- I do think he can turn it around because um, we're playing we're playing well. We're scoring goals and say it's individual mistakes or it's not scoring at the right. You know, the one time we kept a clean sheet, we didn't score. It's like unbelievable. So, um, the next te- he's, he's going to get the next ten games, isn't he? And then we'll see we'll see where we are there. Um, it's not going to take a lot to jump up that table. I'd say we're three points, I think, off the top half, five points off the playoffs. Um, if you can start putting, and we've only won, uh, how how we're at that when we've won one in ten is just how tight that league is is ridiculous. Um, if we can start putting a few wins together, um, yeah, then we'll I think we'll jump up the table. Yeah, same we've question got, um, to you. Sorry, Clint. No, that's all right. I thought it was yeah, I mean, we got we got six wins. Uh, sorry, six wins. I wish um, we got six uh, home games in the next ten, um, and a couple of nice away games. So I think the the games are there in the next ten too. Um, we played a lot of teams that you'd expect to finish high up the league. So I, I think the games are there in the next ten to be getting those positive results. Yeah. Ali, what about you? In the next five, because they're all winnable games in my eyes. I think every win championship game is winnable, but. If you like, these are more winnable, really, than mid-table, lower league championship games. And these are the ones that we really need to show. Swansea, Reading, Bristol, uh, or teams like that that we, we would expect to beat nine times out of ten. So I think I think I want it to work for Bruce. The, he's, he's a likeable, I think the best thing you've said, I think that's correct. He's a likeable guy, he really is. I think, I think that's the best option for Bruce. But I, haven't, I, I want it to work. But even if it does work, he's a 62-year-old man and it's never going to be long-term, is it? You know what I mean? And I think we really do need to look, I've mentioned it again, about what we're doing in the future. and We need to really look at what we're going to do next. I don't I want Bruce to work, but even if we do get promoted, I still think it's a big ask in the Premier League for a 62, 63-year-old guy. I'm not saying we should sack him at, at all. Please don't think I'm thinking, saying that. I just want us to have a vision which a sporting director should have to bring the club back to where we were six, seven years ago. Yeah, both interesting takes on it. Finally, um, Saturday, home game, Swansea, need a win. Prediction, Clint, I'll go with you first. Score prediction? Um, 2-1 win. 2-1 win. Ali? 3-1. Albion. Lovely, yeah. I love that. Great stuff, guys. There you go. Thank you very much for your time. Albion's 10-game season review so far. There we go. Great to chat with two Baggies fans about the season so far. As we said, hopefully things can get better, starting with Swansea on Saturday. But I'll be back alongside Lewis Cox on Wednesday to look ahead to Swansea, look ahead to Preston next week and discuss all the goings-on down at the Hawthorne. So tune in there. Hope you've enjoyed this bonus episode. We'll be back with a normal episode on Wednesday. Until then, goodbye.